Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pods Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey to a sleepy forest village in ancient Greece. There, we will spend some time with Arachne, a wonderfully talented weaver, as she creates stunning works of art that show people the beauty of the world and the land around them. We will join her on her weaving journey as her confidence grows, perhaps even as her confidence grows a bit too much. Before we begin, however, let us take a moment to relax and find comfort in the place that we are in here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. Here and now, there are no obligations. There is no to-do list. By simply listening to the sound of my voice, you are slowly allowing your body and mind to drift deeper into relaxation. There is nothing more you need to do. Just close your eyes and join me on this journey. As we delve deeper into our story, you will find yourself more and more rested with every step we take. With your eyes closed and your body sinking deeper and deeper into the mattress still, let us imagine something together. For a moment, picture that you are in your bed, but you are no longer in your room. Instead, you find yourself in a clearing in a stunning moonlit forest. Overhead, the full moon casts those silvery rays of light on everything around you, illuminating it in a dreamy, ethereal way. Each leaf on each tree looks as though it has been dusted with diamonds. They shimmer, casting rays of silver and white with every move that they make. Each blade of grass seems to glow as if there is a halo around it. And as the blades of grass sway, they add an air of magic to the environment around you. And though the forest is flourishing with leaves, with grass, with smooth bark and craggy rocks, there is something else that is a tad bit unusual about this forest. Something that, oddly enough, makes you feel more at ease. Above you, there are strips of fine drapery and threads of fibers hanging neatly from the branches. It looks like an art project. An art project that has been created just for you. Each strip of cloth that you see 
is somehow more breathtaking than the last. To your right, swaths of silver and cyan silk stands dangle in the breeze, dancing with every gust that kisses the soft edges. As it flutters, you watch the sheen from the moonlight travel down over the cloth like a wave. You reach up just enough to allow your fingers to brush over the smooth fabric. It is so soft to the touch that you feel like you're touching a cool cloud. Beside the silk strands, there are beautifully woven fabrics that pop against the darkness of the night. The designs woven onto the cotton blend look like something that has been plucked out of a fairy tale. Some of the strands are green and brown and tan, a mix of soothing neutral colors that make you feel comforted and connect to the world around you. Others are bright and bold, mixes of orange and red and pink, mixes that make you feel like you have traveled back in time. You watch these strands of cloth dance and sway in the breeze, so light that they are almost weightless. Watching their untethered motion calms every muscle in your body. And as it does, you become aware of how nourishing and wonderful the deep breaths of air you are taking are. When you breathe in, you can feel the cool air filling your lungs and chest, bringing a blanket of comfort over you. In that breath, you can taste the forest and the peaceful night air around you. The invigorating scent of pine trees, the earthy aroma of the damp soil at your feet. And when you breathe in, you notice something rather remarkable. With the breath you take in, the cloth hanging beautifully from the trees around you moves towards you, being drawn to you by your deep inhale. As you breathe out, releasing any tension or weight you may be carrying, the cloth blows away, fluttering with force of your exhale. You breathe in, watching the cloth come toward you. And you breathe out, watching the cloth waver away. You take a deep breath in, really drawing the cloth toward you as you nourish your body with a fresh breath. And you breathe out, pushing that beautiful cloth away. You breathe in deeply, 
pulling those stunning cloths in with your deep, full breath. And you breathe out, pushing them into the night air as you let go of any tension or weight you may be carrying. Now that we have taken the time to unwind and find peace and comfort in the place that we are in, here and now, let us begin our story. Our story begins deep within the countryside of ancient Greece in a peaceful, calm village. The houses of the village were peppered throughout the vast, and lush forest, a forest teeming with life and teeming with inspiration. It was at the edge of this forest that a young baby girl named Arachne was born. The home she was born into was a modest one, a cozy farmhouse where the hearth crackled day and night filling the room and the hearts of its inhabitants with warmth and comfort. Just outside the light, airy windows of the home lay a sheep field. It was lush and vast, a place where the sheep could run and play, living their lives the way that nature intended for them. There were low bushes teeming with berries and fresh, crunchy leaves, a healthy meal that made the sheep in this field some of the most healthy and carefree in the entire world. Arachne's father, Idmon of Colophon, was known far and wide across Greece. He was a successful shepherd and, not only that, a successful dyer in purple. People traveled from across the land to buy wool that had been dyed by him, dyed in many beautiful hues from a bright crimson to a dark purple. In the mornings, he would often take young Arachne with him to gather plants flowers and berries, some of which were used in the dyeing process. As they walked, he would talk to Arachne about the beauty of the land, about how well the land provided for them. Arachne would listen and smile, soaking in every word her father said. He talked about the wool they made and died like it was sacred, and in a way, it was. It was the family's lifeline, their pride and joy, and when Arachne looked at it, she understood just how true that was. It was simply beautiful, breathtaking even. Sometimes, as a young girl, she would sit and run her fingers over the wool, smiling to herself as she did so. 
It was so soft to the touch, so comforting, and the hues that they dyed it were elevated reflections of the world around them. They were the deepest violet, the brightest purples, the richest and vibrant crimson and red that anyone had ever seen. Arachne would stare at them for hours, blending them together in her mind and painting pictures with the fresh wool. And soon, Arachne was able to do just that. At a young age, her mother taught her how to weave. The first time Arachne sat beside the fire and weaved was a moment that would change the course of her life. With every movement she made, with every loop of the wool, she felt like she had found her life's purpose. It was like she was truly connected to the world and to herself for the very first time. Her mother and father gazed at her in awe as she wove intricate works of art. It was like a new language that she was speaking, a language that very few people were fluent in. Arachne found a joy unlike any other as she wove her designs with the wool from her family's farm. Soon, it became all Arachne wanted to do. She would awaken in the morning, just before the sun had risen. There was always a chill in the air, a brisk bite to it that promised her that new discoveries were on the horizon, that there were things to explore and that there was magic in the day ahead. She would shrug the covers off of herself and greet the day with a smile. In the winter, she'd stoke the fire, preparing it for the day ahead, and then head straight out into the fields to collect what she needed for the day. Often, She'd pay respects to the sheep, running her fingers over their wool and speaking to them in loving tones, thanking them for what they provided her family and the world with. Then, as the mist was still clinging to the hillsides and shrouding the mountains, she would go on the hunt for berries and flowers. She'd collect them in a wooden basket piling them up in a vibrantly colored mound. Just as the sun began to crest over the trees, she would begin to head back home. The sun splashed vibrant oranges, golds, and reds across the green grass, illuminating the landscape in a heavenly glow. And that glow that brilliant, warm light of the sun meant that it was bright enough for Arachne to weave. 
she'd hand her morning bounty to her father, kiss him on the cheek, and scurry off to the place she had created behind the house. A perfect, cozy little spot for her to weave all day long. It was tucked behind the house in the center of a peaceful clearing, a place where she could feel in touch with nature, and therefore more in touch with her inspiration and the love within herself. All day long she would weave there, letting her inspiration guide her, creating art piece after art piece without an end in sight. Some days she would create them with specific people in mind, or she would create art pieces that would sell well to the general public. But normally, as the day went on, she was happy to slip into a place of dreams, a place where she would weave whatever her heart desired. When she was weaving, it simply felt like breathing to her. It was an extension of herself that she was creating. It didn't take long for people around Greece to hear of Arachne's art. It wasn't just her parents who thought her art was remarkable. It was everyone who saw it. Many of them had never seen woven fabric that detailed, that intricate, and beautifully designed. People flooded the farm to buy her work and to give her compliments, and Arachne was far from prepared for such fanfare. She went from being a young girl living peacefully on her parents' farm to being a celebrity of sorts. It was overwhelming for a young girl like Arachne, who had lived a rather secluded life, but there was part of her that enjoyed it. She had never thought her artwork was special, nor had she ever thought of it as a gift, no matter how many times her parents told her it was. Now, with so many people telling her she was talented, Arachne got quite an ego boost. She got a much more confident air about her when she was weaving, and when she sold her work, she was able to sell it for a much higher price. She let the compliments get to her head, and soon she was acting entirely too proud. But as her pride grew, so did the beauty of her work. It became so beautiful that nearby nymphs would emerge from the forest and the streams and cross through the fields to see her work. They would gather at night when Arachne was tucked away in bed, and they would discuss her work 
they would touch it and inspect it, trying to imagine how it was possible for anyone to create art so beautiful. When Arachne worked, they would pop out of the woods and watch her. Arachne could feel them watching her, and often she would even offer them a smile and invite them closer. She liked that the nymphs admired her work so greatly, and truly, it wasn't just her work that they admired. It was the way she looked while she worked. She was so graceful, and there were such fluid, beautiful motions in her weaving. It was like she was painting with her body, with the tips of her fingers. Every step of her process, from carding the wool to weaving the shuttle along the loom, was like watching poetry in motion. It inspired wonder and awe in everyone who watched her. One nymph in particular was mesmerized by Arachne's weaving. She dreamed of Arachne one day, teaching her how to weave. And so, in an effort to gain her trust and compliment her, she told her something she wholeheartedly believed. She told Arachne that it seemed like the goddess Athena herself had taught Arachne how to weave. To almost anyone, this would have been a compliment. Athena was a great goddess, and one thing she was the goddess of was the arts, like weaving. But Arachne had more pride in her work than anyone else. She was upset with the suggestion that Athena had taught her. She scoffed at the nymph, saying loud and proud, Let Athena try her skill against mine. Athena was not a goddess to be tested. In fact, none of the gods or goddesses were to be tested. They were all vain beings, beings that would never put up with being outshined or seen as lesser than by any mere mortal. Saying something like what had come out of Arachne's mouth would put you in instant danger. And, unfortunately for Arachne, Athena was nearby the day she dared to utter this. She had been hunting in the nearby woods, as she did many days, and when she heard this proclamation, she was immediately displeased. Athena was much more forgiving and understanding than the other gods, however, and as such, she decided to give Arachne another chance. Deep within the woods, the goddess put on a disguise. She ran her hands over herself, and in a flash of magic and wonder, 
she was transformed into an elderly woman. She had a hunchback and carried a large cane. The wrinkles crisscrossing her face told ancient stories, and she knew the disguise was so convincing that no soul would be able to see through it. She hobbled through the woods, completely sinking into the role she had given herself. As she approached Arachne working, she felt a sense of frustration wash over her. Indeed, Arachne was skilled, but certainly no more skilled than her, a goddess. In her disguise, Athena walked up to Arachne. She extended a wrinkled hand to her and placed it on her shoulder. She said in a crackling voice, I hope you shall not deny my advice. You are talented and may challenge mortals as you deem fit, but you certainly cannot compete with a goddess like Athena. I advise you to ask for her forgiveness. She is the most merciful of the gods, and if you are lucky, she may forgive you. Arachne stared at the old woman for a long moment. She shrugged the woman's hand off herself and chimed with utter confidence. I am not afraid of the goddess. Let her try her skill against mine, if she so dares. Athena had been patient and understanding with the mortal. But such a direct, unmistakable challenge could not be ignored by Athena. Frustrated and knowing what she must do next, Athena shrugged off her disguise. The mortals that gathered nearby to watch Arachne work gasped in shock as a shimmer of magic surrounded the old woman. When the disguise faded away like a dream, Athena stood in the old woman's place. She donned her armor and her helmet as well as a tense, focused expression that sent chills down everyone's spine. Everyone dropped to their knees and bowed to the goddess. It was so rare to be in the presence of a goddess, let alone one as powerful and remarkable as Athena herself. Arachne, however, did not bow, nor did she take a knee for Athena. She stared at Athena in a daze, her jaw hanging slightly ajar, her eyes wide with surprise. The only thing she could utter in a low, surprised whisper was, she came. Not much else needed to be said. It was clear what had to take place. Athena and Arachne stood on the sidelines, 
as townspeople scurried to set up a loom for each of them. Arachne's confidence had been shaken for a moment as she gazed upon Athena in all of her glory. But as soon as she saw the loom being assembled, her confidence began to grow once more. Weaving was like breathing to her. It was what she had been born to do, and it was something that she truly believed she was better than Athena at. She didn't regret those words she had spoken. She only hoped that she could outperform Athena like she felt she could. The two stood before their looms. There was plenty of wool for them to weave, enough for them to make immaculate, breathtaking works of art unlike anything the world had ever seen. They stared at each other across the clearing, both of them buzzing with anticipation and with the deep, deep desire to create that flowed through their veins. There was no marker to start the competition. No one waved a flag or said any words. The two simply gave each other a confident nod and dug their hands into the wool. With that, the competition began. Both of them slipped into what looked like a trance. They were creating. They were living and breathing the art that they were weaving on the loom. They worked with such speed and perfection that the audience couldn't believe what they were seeing. Their hands were moving so quickly on the loom that they seemed to blur, and the colors coming together on what had become their canvas blended together into what looked like a painting. Arachne did not feel pressure as she created. Even in a moment as tense as the ones she found herself in, Weaving was like breathing to her. Her hands and fingers worked tirelessly, dancing and fluttering over the loom with incredible precision. Across the way, Athena did the same. However, Athena was buzzing with frustration, with anger, she hated to do things like this to mortals, but she felt she had to keep them in line to protect her reputation as a goddess. And truly, Arachne had been asking for it by speaking of the goddess the way that she had been. The sun made its way across the sky as the women worked as it crept from its highest point towards the horizon. It splashed the art with an array of colors, changing it as it streaked across the sky, and in a sense, 
making it come alive. Soon, the competition was nearing its end. The audience could see both of the women slowing. The colors stopped blurring, and the beautiful painting they had created slowly began to come to light. It was Athena who stepped away and put her hands up first. She smiled at the work she had created, knowing in her heart that it was some of the finest art the world had ever seen. And she was right. Her piece was so intricate that some people began to tear up at the sight of it. It was a detailed rendition of her and Poseidon fighting for the patronage of Athens. With his trident, it looked as if Poseidon was stabbing the earth, drawing an explosion of saltwater spring that gushed from the depths of the earth. The depiction of it was so realistic that it looked like seawater was emerging from the painting. A few people dared to even walk up to it and brush their fingers over it to see if it really was just wool. Along the edges of the weave, Athena had placed an olive tree The olive tree looked like a living, breathing tree, like its branches were wrapping around the outside of the weave and embracing it. People swore they could smell the freshness of the leaves as they leaned into the work of art. And then, in the center of the weave, There was imagery that was far from subtle. There were images of mortals who had challenged the gods, mortals who had fallen on a terrible fate because of it. There was Icarus falling after flying too close to the sun, Salmonius being tormented in Tartarus, and several other mortals being punished for disobeying the gods. People in the audience stepped away from the weave when they noticed this. It made their stomachs churn, not only because of the message, but because of how detailed it was. When Arachne stepped away from her finished work, she did it with a smile on her face and pride coursing through her. But that pride would be short-lived, because when Athena saw what she had created, the contest was immediately over. Arachne's weaving depicted ways that the gods, particularly Zeus, had misled and abused mortals, tricking and seducing many women. There was an image of Europa holding on to a bull in the challenging waves as Zeus drove them to Crete. 
there was an image of Leda brushing her fingers over the swan which Zeus had transformed himself in. The images were so lifelike, with waves and feathers that seemed to move. The audience knew things were about to take a turn for the worse, and almost immediately they did. After seeing Arachne's tapestry, Athena flew into a rage. She couldn't believe a mortal would dare to create imagery like Arachne had. She put her hands on Arachne's head, filling it and her whole body with deep feelings of shame and hatred for herself. Disheartened, Arachne ran from her workshop. Later that day, Arachne was found dead, killed by her shame and guilt. Athena thought of Arachne's work. It had been beautifully done, even if the subject matter had been an insult. The world did deserve to see such beauty. Impulsively, she struck Arachne, commanding her to live. With her touch, Arachne was transformed into the very first spider. Arachne scurried up the tree and began to make webs in the branches overhead, weaving intricate rows of her silk. Athena watched, pleased with herself, and told Arachne that her and all her descendants would learn from this lesson forever. They would weave and weave and weave every day of their lives, thinking deeply about what they'd done. Arachne spent the rest of her days doing just that. She spent her time weaving just as she had when she was still a human. Her webs were like works of art, and every day people gathered to see them. To this day, spiders scuttle into trees and corners of buildings to create, just as they have been commanded to do. If you look closely, you can see the beauty and skill in their work. Beauty and skill that has been passed down from their ancestor. Passed down from Arachne. I hope you have enjoyed this sleep story. And it has brought you a night of peaceful rest. Please, join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams. <laughs>